You're going to remember this every day for the rest of your life. If you want to get to a goal, if you want to get to your dream, you've got to focus on all the little steps. You have to put in your time. You have to be patient and you have to enjoy the process. Whatever you're doing now, whatever you want to be great at, whatever you want to be special at, I'm sure you, you may be already be good at it, but to be extraordinary, you have to do extra. I firmly believe that we are all here for a very specific reason, to do something truly extraordinary. But what are you going to do to get there? Welcome to the Magna Method Podcast, and I am very fortunate to sit down today with myself. Listen, guys, I always have a guest on the Magna Method Podcast. Today, I will be the only one on the podcast. I put out a bunch of um, social media posts asking everyone if they had questions for me. I got a great response, and I'm going to answer those questions today. So let's get to it. All right. my And I want to thank everyone, by the way. I want to thank everyone for listening in. I want to thank everyone for... Uh, tuning into all all the other guests I've had on, I want to thank the guests. I've had a great response. I've had sports team owners, professional athletes, uh, social media influencers, motivational speakers, personal trainers, strength and conditioning coaches, and I'm just honored that they all uh, made time to be on the Magna Method podcast. It's a great, great uh, opportunity for us to connect with those people who own their space or who do things special do a great job in their industry and um, we're doing some really awesome things here so thank you very much to the guests and the listeners let's get into the questions so my first question what are there what are your top five book recommendations for fitness professionals thank you so my answer to this is uh it's threefold so there's this he said fitness professionals but there's also strength and conditioning and uh, a lot of my life has been in strength and conditioning as an athlete and then as a coach and now uh, the last several years I've been in personal training. So, you know, there's a lot of books that are important that aren't necessarily fitness books or strength and conditioning books. Like, I think that you need to read uh, a Malcolm Gladwell tipping point. You need to read Outliers. I think you need to read Tim Ferriss, uh, Tools of the Titans. I think you need to read um, The 4-Hour Body. It just gives you cliff notes to understanding medical and holistic medicine. Uh, in regards to training books themselves, um, you know, one of my favorite books of all time, Super Training by Mel Smith, Mel uh, Sif, um, a book that I always have on hand, Yuri Vukoshky, uh, Verkoshansky, uh, Special Strength Training, um, it's a manual just for coaches, and there's, you know, West Side Barbell, Book of Methods, I also like uh, the Black Book of Training Secrets, there's just so many books out there, uh, Start start there. You know, anything you can get with Kelly Starnett, his original, uh, Becoming a Supple Leopard, great book. And um, you're going to try to hit things from a strength and conditioning point of view, a mobility point of view, and then a self-development point of view. So those are really important things that uh, you don't want to uh, miss out on. I strongly suggest picking up those books. Guys, I have hundreds of books, and they're all special. So narrowing it down to five is not easy. But that's the best I can do right now. Uh, number two, um, what platforms to listen to your podcast? So I guess they won't hear it unless uh, they they know what platforms. But I, my podcast can be found on iTunes, obviously. If you're listening now, you know that, and SoundCloud. Okay, uh, Mark, I'm, I'm well aware of the methods and tools I need to stay happy, true and moving in all aspects, true and moving in all aspects of life. I never waver from those. What are yours? Um, what keeps you steadfast, motivated, and happy? 
you know, I think motivation comes from within. I don't think we can turn to another person, a motivational quote, a post, a YouTube video to motivate us. Uh, it can it can provide us with a little bit of light, some inspiration short term. But I think ultimately motivation comes from within. Um, for myself, it's, you know, thinking about where I come from, uh, my beginning, when I say my beginning, my beginning of life as a child, as a young boy, you know, struggles, hurdles. If you've tuned in before, you know what my struggles were being an obese child and struggling, being picked on, being bullied. It was one of the hardest things that I've ever been through, even till this day. And um, realizing that what I have around me and my motivation now is for my family, for my wife. And it's also for my brother, for his family and the people that care about me and the people that stand in my corner. I don't want to let them down. And I don't want to let them down. It's not just words. I don't want to let them down. It's actually actions and following through and making a commitment to them. So that keeps me motivated. And also, my mother told me a long time ago, whatever I do in life, I actually sign my name to it. So she said, don't do it if you're not going to do it well, or you're not going to at least try to do it extremely well. And that's my motivation. All I need to do is think about those things, and that comes from within, and I'll never forget those things. So I hope I answered your question. That was from uh, my friend Revit. Next. So we're going to go back and forth. I'm just going to rifle these off. Like I said, I'm going back and forth between uh, maybe scientific training questions and also um, life questions. Mark, I'm recovering from a lower back injury. I used to train compound lifts three times a week. Back squat, deadlift, power clean. Strict press and bench press. I supplemented hit and accessory lifts. I'm worried about maintaining my work capacity and about my maintaining my muscle mass, especially in my posterior chain. How do I recommend training effectively around a lower back injury? Well, first things first. You know, if you know what your intention is in training, you know what you're trying to get back from training. Know what you're dealing with. Know what kind of injury you're dealing with. Number one, do you have structural damage? Number two, how painful is it? And number three, what is the doctor's recommendation? Start there. You know, you can go with the doctor's recommendation. You can go how you feel. Either way, if you have structural damage, you got an MRI, you got an X-ray, and you know that there's something really off, maybe you should lay off training, number one. Secondly, if there's structural damage and it's been there for a while and it's not changing and you're not going to have a surgery, well, you need to see a PT or someone that can understand how to strengthen those muscles around your injury so you can move forward in training. But training around, unless I know exactly what the injury is, if there's structural damage or not, I really can't give you recommendations. I'd have to be hands-on and I have to see what your restrictions and limitations are so I can make proper modifications. Hope that helps. Okay. If you know everything you know now and you could go back in ten years from go back ten years from now, what's one thing you would do differently in life or fitness? I gotta be honest, I don't think I'd do anything differently. Um, I like the path that I was on and um, if I could do it again uh, as much education as I have now I'd like to do get even more and I'm doing that now and I surround myself with people who do those types of things so go back 10 years I would tell myself to not worry take my time and understand what I'm doing and why I'm doing it and not rush through things because I was in such a rush but I also had an untraditional path. I don't know if there were a lot of uh, personal trainers or strength coaches that were former professional athletes. Maybe there were, I have no idea. But I was a, a high school athlete, a collegiate athlete, a professional athlete, and then I trained at a strength conditioning uh, facility, and then corporate wellness facility, and now I have my own facility. And um, 
you know, I, I don't think I change anything. All the struggles and trials and tribulations, those things were necessary for me to arrive where I'm at now. And if I could give myself any advice, I'd be try to hone in on what you really want to accomplish. It's like getting in a car. If you don't understand where you want to go, you can't get there. So figure out what your goals are, what your intention is, and what you'd like to do in the industry. And that'll help you find a more clear path. Another person asked me top five books for fitness or life. So I'm going to give you a few books for life now. I love The Alchemist by Paulo Coelho. I love the book Legacy about the New England All Blacks. Um, I like The Daily Stoic. Uh, it's basically um, writings of Marcus Aurelius. One of my favorite books of all time, Chop Wood, Carry Water. An incredible book. Uh, I love Outliers once again. I love uh, Tipping Point. And another one of my favorite books is called The Warrior Elite by Dick Couch. I breezed through that book in like two days. I don't know if I think it was 228 pages, I'm guessing. And I think it's 228 pages because it was class 228. Uh, the Forging of Class 228 for the Navy SEALs. But it was a great book. It really opened my eyes to a lot of things. And that book is about what type of person makes it through Bud's training to become a SEAL. Is it big guys, small guys, fast guys, athletic guys, smart guys? And give you some cliff notes on that book. There is no one specific person. The one common thing that each person had going through Bud's training was they made up their mind before they went through it that... They would not give up. They would rather die out there than give up. And that's the only common denominator between everyone that graduated from SEAL training. And we're talking about classes that start at 240 guys and only graduate 16. All right. Check it out. The Warrior Elite by Dick Couch. Next. What does it take to be considered for a position at anatomy? As a, we call them our trainers body architects. So he's asking, uh, what does it take to be considered for a position? And then he said experience, degrees, etc. Well, number one, you need experience. Uh, we don't hire new trainers off the street. We hire trainers with uh, many years of experience in the field. We also hire, we need to have uh, a legitimate certification, not a weekend or online cert. We're talking about, uh, you know, the big three or four, you know, the CSC, NSCA, CSCS, um, NSCA, uh, NASM any of those and you know most importantly the ability to communicate with others this is the one thing that's lacking and I'd say strength and conditioning because if you can't coach young men or young women if you can't communicate with others you can't coach anyone if you can't communicate uh, effectively and efficiently with others I need communication skills I need someone who's punctual I need someone who's a leader I need someone who's a problem solver and a solution finder and not just recognizes problems. Someone who's proactive, someone who I can trust to do the right thing when no one's around. And though I'm checking off a lot of boxes that honestly, those things are hard to find. You know, if you're saying, hey, Mark, I, I need help with this. I can't do this. I can't do this. I'm obliged to help someone. I love helping people. I love teaching. I love educating. I love uh, building my people up. But at the same time, they need to bring some of those cards to the table themselves. And if they don't do that, well, then it's they're really not where they need to be. We Anatomy at 1220 is located in Miami Beach, Florida. There are all kinds of people. You know, we have uh, people who are in the service industry. We have people who had hedge funds, um, 
sports owners, team owners, business owners, they're high net worth people. They demand a very high level of service and they demand for you to be on time, for you to be on point. And if you can't do those things, well, I really can't help you. Those are things you need to find on your own through life experiences. And you should have the majority of those when you get here. I'll tell you another quick story. I was referred, uh, a young man was referred to me by one of my uh, great clients. And he said, Mark, you got to check this guy out. He's a great trainer. Can he come in for an interview? I said, absolutely. He came in. He came in at the door, shook my hand in a more like bro style manner. He said, what's up, bro? He was wearing sunglasses, which is not a problem to me at all. Um, the bro thing was a little bit out of line. <sighs> However, I'm not Bill Belichick. I don't run the New England Patriots. I could have let that pass. But he didn't take the sunglasses off. We sat down for the interview. He was wearing the sunglasses. And then when he got in, into the interview, when we were sitting down, he discussed he wanted to really build his brand, which I don't really have a problem with. But all he cared about was his brand, and I'm really, all I care about is building anatomy. So if you're not bringing something to, to the table to contribute to that, I don't really see the need to have you. And he also said, you know, he was letting me know that he could possibly consider making anatomy his home. I thought that was interesting because I have hundreds of resumes on my desk for people who are really, really enthusiastic about possibly getting the opportunity to work at anatomy. And, you know, it, it really wasn't uh, a humble, um, you know, I really like to work here. Uh, what do I need to do to get that done type of energy? And that doesn't mean the person is not good. It doesn't mean they're not going to be great. It doesn't mean they could be great now. It's just not the right fit for us. So um, needless to say, I'm looking for someone who's hardworking, highly motivated, uh, person, an individual who welcomes all work and is really just trying to contribute to what we have here already. Next. What advice would I give to someone who's getting certified to become a uh, personal trainer? My advice is, will always be the same. Get as much education as possible, uh, as much knowledge as possible. Uh, consult with other personal trainers. Learn from them. Shadow them. Uh, go to facilities. Ask questions. Write things down. Read books, podcasts, YouTube. Immerse yourself in it. The only way you can be good at anything is to give everything you have. So immerse yourself in the culture. Okay. How often can you do HIIT cardio uh, during the week? Is it too much to do after heavy training uh, for CNS recovery? CNS, he means central nervous system. So, you know, HIIT cardio, if you've ever done a true HIIT cardio session, you know that HIIT cardio doesn't really last longer than 20 and 30 minutes, and 30 minutes is a long time. Um, you know, if you do something maybe around 15, 20 minutes, I, I always like the 20 minute is the sweet spot. Um, I don't want someone to do more than two of those a week, and that that's a phase thing. That's a program thing, meaning if someone's doing HIIT every day, they're really not doing HIIT. Because if they were doing hit, they'd probably be checked out and they'd be exhausted and they'd be, you know, mentally and physically fatigued because it's an incredibly demanding thing on your body and your central nervous system. So I like twice a week. Um, 
maybe twice a week, one week, once a week, the next week, you know, and you're, you know, supplementing, using that to complement your strength and conditioning, your, your strength training rather. Um, I think you have to understand that true hit training is done with a very, very high degree of push and uh, it's a very high energy demand. And if you do those things right, you really can't do multiple sessions. That's like someone that comes in and they say, hey, Mark, I just did a great hit session. It was incredible. I said, wow, how long was it? And they go, I did it for 45 minutes. Well, guess what? You didn't do hit training. You did interval training. Hit training is an insane, hard uh, push followed by a three and usually four to one rest recovery rate. And if you do that, your body is pushing in such a uh, intense manner that you can't do it for an extended period of time. If I had you run to the corner block and sprint to the corner block, you'd give a certain output for a sprint. If I had you run 25 blocks, you cannot give the same output physically. It just doesn't work like that. That's science. Uh, if you disagree with me, well, then I don't know if you understand science. So. Make sure that you're not doing it more than a couple times a week. Uh, can you do it more than a couple times a week? Sure, but understand what you're doing and why you're doing it and make sure you have someone qualified or you actually know uh, the protocols for HIT training backwards. Because the last, last thing I wanna see is anyone get hurt because it's incredibly demanding on your body. Incredibly demanding. Next question. I got the question again. Whenever you interview someone uh, for your gym, what are the most important things you look at in a trainer? I'll say it again. Um, obviously, character, uh, punctuality, education, experience, and the ability to communicate. And I didn't mention this before, but I'll mention it now. The most important person in the relationship when you're training someone is not you. It's the other person. So it's the ability to put the other person first. If someone is incredibly selfish, if someone's always focused on them, the, themselves, if someone can't put another person on stage, it won't work. Hope that helps. Someone asked, uh, can, can you mentor me, Mark? Well, I don't know how that works online, but I'll do my best to pass on the information that I have that others have passed to me. What are the best drills, exercises, stretches for hip and groin flexibility? Um, I mean, there's so many different uh, stretches for hip and groin flexibility. You know, based on how I feel, I actually play around with some different uh, movements. You know, there's a few things that I suggest. There's a book called, um, I think is, uh, I don't know if it's sitting at your own, uh, sitting is the new smoking, but um, there's a book by, uh, oh, excuse me. The name of the book is called Desk Bound by Kelly Starnett. That's a great book for hip mobility and um, stretches, drills, exercise. And also, the Onnit Academy program, uh, Durability, is great. They teach you some great, great, great uh, exercises for your hip. Uh, me mentioning those uh, over the air would do you no good because you need to understand how to do them. So look uh, Onnit Academy, the Durability course, and look up Deskbound by Kelly Starnett. Mark, are you a better athlete now or when you were in the NFL? He says, I'd say right now. Better athlete? I don't know what that means. I mean, do I run faster? Uh, am I stronger? I'm definitely not stronger. I'm definitely not as big as I was. I was about 255 pounds, sometimes 260. Now I'm about 215 pounds. 
but um, I, I think I move well. I don't know if I run fast, but I move well. And I feel pretty good right now. Uh, I, I feel good back then, but when you're young, you just your body just so resilient. But in regards to moving and um, explosiveness, probably back then, feeling better now. Uh, okay. Next question. Guys, yeah, just a heads up. You know, I'm going to keep answering questions. Uh, I'll have guests on periodically, but I'll also uh, answer questions as we go along with uh, the future podcast. So this isn't your only opportunity. Okay. Someone said, have you ever pondered the thought on meal prepping companies that do the prep for their clients? He said, I know there's many. Do you think it'd be successful uh, in regards to starting my own meal company? You know, that's a lot of work. I know a lot of people who do that. Uh, that's their business, and I know it requires a uh, a lot of time, a lot of effort, and I don't know if that would be for me. But I do think it's a, a successful industry. There's a high demand for that because what we all cannot buy is more time. The only way you can you know, fix your schedule or create more time is to take things out of your schedule. And taking things out of your schedule like meal prep can actually help you get more time to do other things. So I think it is a great industry. Next question. If you could only do one exercise for the rest of your life, what would it be and why? Hmm. Well, one strength training exercise, it would be uh, deadlifting. Uh, I haven't been a huge deadlifter over the years, the last few years, more and more. Uh, I know a lot of the uh, trainers in our, in our facility use it, and I really love that um, they do that. It becomes interesting because there's several different variations of a deadlift. And I think it's a great exercise. Uh, lots of joints involved, lots of muscles involved. Uh, it takes great mechanics to do it well. Uh, that's a strength conditioning exercise. The second exercise, if it's non-strength conditioning, if you say what exercise, exercise walking. Walking would be the most important thing because moving to me is everything. If you're really strong but you can't take a step forward or side or backwards, well, what good is it? So walking and then people who run, I'd like to say running, but running is really hard on your body and it taxes the hell out of your body and you can really um, cause some joint issues. And you see lots of people who run for many years, um, they have knee issues, they need knee replacements, hip replacements. And listen, I'm a big guy, but I love to run. I just know it's not probably not the best thing for my body, although it feels good. So next. What are some of my favorite podcasts? Some of my favorite podcasts are, I love the Tim Ferriss podcast. I like uh, Rhonda Patrick, Find My Fitness. Uh, I like Grant Cardone's podcast. Uh, what else do I listen to? Uh, Colin Coward, The Herd. Um, what else? I like, uh, I think it's Tom Ballou for the Inside Quest. I like that uh, podcast. It's a terrific one. I mean, there's just so many. Uh, I go back and forth. I love all there's so many I love top three books what books are you reading now uh, book I'm reading now I'm going back over I already read it one time but the book I'm reading now is Legacy it's about the New England uh, New Zealand All Blacks the uh, rugby team some awesome awesome lessons in teamwork and leadership I just think it's a great book it's very well done and one of the most interesting things in that book is you know given the success and the history of the New Zealand All Blacks and how much they win. 
you know, I don't remember the last time they lost, but they win so many games. The first thing they do, they leave the stadium, they walk into the locker room. What do you think the first thing they do uh, when they enter the locker room? What, what is it? Well, it's not drink. It's not party. It's not a countdown. It's not a celebration. They grab brooms and they sweep and clean the locker room. Yeah, that's right. They clean the locker room. And I'm not mentioning this because I'm a neat freak. I'm mentioning this because it shows you the humble manner in which the entire team conducts their business. It's, it's their way of showing appreciation and taking care of the things that take care of them. Their locker room is their home. It's kind of like take care of your gear and your gear will take care of you. So take care of your environment and your environment will take care of you. So that book is the uh, legacy. Next question. Uh, thanks for giving your time to answer our questions. It's often said that sleep is needed for adequate recovery. Just your thoughts on, on that and how you can improve sleep quality. As I know you are up so early each morning to get your workout in before clients, it would be good to hear your method. So... Matt, this is Matt asked me this question. Matt, sleep is so important. I know I don't get much sleep, but I want you to know something. It's not like I don't like sleep and don't need sleep. I'm not functioning uh, well on two or three hours sleep. For over a decade, I slept probably four hours, maybe five hours. And that was probably the worst thing I could ever do for my body. And I am well aware of that. And the people that say, hey, man, why do you sleep only four to five hours? That's crazy. They just don't get it. They really don't get it. Sometimes you have to sacrifice things to make other things happen. And you know what? I was okay with that, but that was a personal choice. Now I'm trying to get more sleep. I know that I need six hours sleep. I do because I want to be the best for my wife, for my family. I want to be the best for my team, uh, for my team at Anatomy, for everything. So uh, the trainer is here. If you really want to learn as much about sleep as possible... There's one guy that you should look up. His name is Sean Donaldson. S-H-A-W-N Donaldson. And you can listen to his speech on YouTube. Uh, it's called Sleep uh, Smarter. Or you can read his book. Or his podcast is, um, I think it's the Model Health Show. Just type in Sean Donaldson. But he'll tell you everything you ever needed to know about sleep. He is the man when it comes to sleep. And you should all tune in and check that out. It says, my best, most recent purchase worth less than $100. Um, I think it's my iPhone charger case that stays on the iPhone charger. I think that's terrific. I love it. Um, I... I'm not uh, in a happy place when my phone dies. I need to be connected. I need to stay connected. I wish I could disconnect and do a uh, tech detox. Unfortunately, I can't do that. Uh, or I choose not to do that, rather. And um, so it's the phone charger. It's connected to my phone. The Apple one. It's gray and uh, it's a, does a great job. Next question. Do you eat before early morning workouts? If so, what? go-to pre-workout meal what's my go-to pre-workout meal so i get up crazy early and i don't really feel like sitting down and having a meal before my training session so um you i usually don't but one thing i do consume as soon as i wake up is 
you know, I've done the lemon with war, the warm, the lemon in warm water. I've done that. Uh, currently, I'm doing that. Uh, right after that, I have a matcha green tea. I have one of those cups that you put the tea in, you put the hot water in, and then you put that cup on top of another cup, and the tea strains into the coffee mug. So I have that every morning. I, I do not eat because eating a huge meal wouldn't fend well. It only takes me 10 to 15 minutes to get to the facility. And if I had a big meal in my system, it would not go well. So am I a good cook? What's your go-to dish? I, I can't tell you say I'm a good cook. My wife does, does the majority of the cooking. And I don't know if I'm a good cook. I can get it done. But my go-to dish is... Man, I don't even know. My go-to dish is usually heating something up that's already been previously made. What advice would you give an 18-year-old version of yourself? Um, so I, I had that question, and I have a few more thoughts on it. I had that question before. So here are my other thoughts. Be kind. Choose your friends. Choose your partners. Choose the people that you choose to bring in your life wisely. Because there's going to be people who come into your life who come and go. But the most important thing you can do is choose your circle wisely. Because if you have a negative influence in your life, if you have someone in your life that's really unhappy with themselves, that could be pushed onto you. You need to be very careful of the energies you allow into your life. Surround yourself with people who appreciate you, who love you, who support you, and give it to you straight, really. What is your highest degree of education? What are some of your short-term and long-term goals that come to mind first? My, I have a degree from the University of Richmond, uh, bachelor's. I went to school, actually, for um, uh, criminology, uh, criminal justice, and after I got out of school and after I finished in the NFL and the CFL, NFL Europe, I actually went back. I didn't go back to school, but I went back and studied as much training as possible. I took the RTS course, took the MAT course. Honestly, every course I could probably get my hands on uh, precision nutrition, pre and postnatal, uh, USA weightlifting, on academy courses. I did everything possible. I did internships at a performance facility. Then I worked at a performance facility. Um, that's pretty much, I mean, I'm continuing to do those things. So it never stops, man. Continuing education is something that's so important. And then what you learn along that way within yourself, about yourself as you go along that path, that's even more important than it all. But education is key, man. Knowledge is power. What is the best piece of advice that you can provide someone who is building their own personal training company, brand, or network? Here's the best advice I can give to anyone. Your brand is you what i mean by that is how you conduct yourself how you shake someone's hand how you look them in the eye or do not look them in the eye how you address someone how you manage your emotions and you know, saying no 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 i want to build my brand on social media well if you're always putting passive aggressive stuff on social media that's your brand if you're a positive influence then that's your brand if you're always late that's your brand if you're told to do something you don't follow through, that's your brand. If you want to build a brand, think about the things you love about people and work toward those things. Practice those things. 
because those things are developed through practice and habits. Your habits are your brand. You're only going to build a network of people like you. Someone who's not successful, someone who is not a, um, a stand-up person, not a high-character person, is not going to draw high-character people. It's a fact. If you can look at anyone, if I take every personal trainer I know, and I look at who they surround themselves with and who their clients are, that's who they are. Really, that's who they are. Now, look, there are some examples. They could be nothing like some of those clients. I understand that. But for the most part, maybe 80, 90% of their clients are just like them. I attract highly motivated people who are genuine and care, period. The majority. Are there a few exceptions in there? Of course there are. But that's your network. So we covered, if you want to start your company, your brand, and your network. I hope that helped. Okay. I think I may have answered all the questions for now. If I answered all the questions for now, um, let me just go to my Facebook because there's a few questions on there as well. Hey, Mark, uh, I just wanted to know how does exercise improve my breathing? Well, exercise improves your breathing through, you know, the cardiovascular investment you, you or the investment you make and demand you place on your heart and cardiovascular system as you train. And your breathing, it won't necessarily become fixed, but you can uh, improve things like uh, stroke volume and you can improve uh, the way you breathe if you focus on your breathing. So meaning it can improve your cardiovascular health. We all know that through strength training or conditioning, but the way you breathe has to be practiced. So it's not like it's a direct offshoot. It's going to improve your cardiovascular system, but to improve your breathing, you have to practice how you breathe. Are you a belly breather? Uh, do you breathe in through your nose? you exhale through your mouth? There are great things like that. And you can study one of the uh, gurus of breathing in our industry is a woman by the name of Jill Miller. If you research Jill Miller, she can give you a lot of information on how to breathe in a more efficient way. So now I'm going to I'm going to save uh, a bunch of these other questions for uh, next time because I want to keep this uh, short and sweet. And I'm going to put myself through uh, my speed round of questions. If you guys can stand to deal with that. Okay. So, first question What is my favorite pastime? Well, my favorite pastime for myself is sitting down, enjoying time with my wife, enjoying time with our uh, puppy, Bailey, and just relaxing. I mean, that is probably the best time uh, that I can spend with my family. I enjoy it very much, and it's priceless to me. My favorite ritual, my favorite ritual is getting up in the morning, going through my routine, Driving in with no cars on the road, getting to uh, the facility, and just spending time in, in quiet. I, I just love it, to be honest with you. It's a great time for me, and I wouldn't trade it for anything. My favorite sports team is the New England Patriots. I was born in southeastern Massachusetts. I love the Red Sox. I love the Bruins, I love the Celtics, I love the New England Patriots, and uh, 
I'm telling you what, man. Uh, we really do appreciate sports in New England. My favorite athlete is Tom Brady. Shocker. Favorite movie of all time, The Shawshank Redemption. Great movie. I didn't see that movie till it had been out for maybe four or five years, but when I saw it, I was blown away. It's a great story uh, about hope, faith, and just believing in... Um, I guess believing in higher purpose, believing in things will work out if you do the very best you can each and every day, uh, each and every day you have here on this planet. Favorite book everyone should read. I like The Alchemist by Paulo Coelho. Great book. If you haven't read it, please pick it up. Favorite TV show. There's many, man. Uh, you know, listen, I want to say we don't watch a lot of TV, but we do watch a few TV shows. Um, I love uh, This Is Us, kind of corny and cheesy, but it's a great show. It's a great um, great writing for that show, man. Wow. I like the TV show Billions, and I like Ray Donovan. Favorite type of music? I love everything, man. I love hip-hop, rap. I love country, rock, classic rock, um, pretty much everything. Favorite quote, the greatest pleasure in life is doing the things that people say you cannot. And that is by uh, Ralph Waldo Emerson. Mentor. I have different, uh, so many different mentors in my life. I'm actually working on a speech now about mentors and father figures. And you know what's interesting about this? I didn't know my father very well. He left when I was very young. But instead of one dad, I think I had maybe 10 dads. And all those men in my life really, really came through in a big way. They all taught me something very special uh, and important that helped mold me to be the man I am today. And if I could thank every single one of them, even today, there are very special people in my life who are going above and beyond to help me. Because guess what, man? There's no such thing. There is no such thing as a self-made man. I had tons of help. And I don't pound my chest saying I did it by myself and I'm from the streets. And man, it was so hard for me. Man, it was, it was hard. But it was hard for me just like it was for everyone else. And I don't claim to have a rough life. I just know that I had a lot of uh, hurdles and obstacles. And I had help every step of the way. And I'm grateful to all those uh men and women in my life, uh, my mother, my grandmother, uh, some great teachers, and I'm very blessed to have a great support system. Uh, one film I think everyone should see. Look, I'm a sucker for sports movies, I'm a sucker for the underdog, and a movie that, two movies that I think everyone should see, number one is Chariots of Fire, that's old school, but it's a great movie, you should see it. And another one that you're going to think is old school that I don't think is old school is Rudy. It's just a great movie because when I was growing up, my favorite school was Notre Dame. And I would have done anything to go to Notre Dame just because I loved the fact that they were on TV every weekend. I loved the uniforms. I loved the way they played. I loved the fact way they won. I just loved everything about it. I love uh, Lou Holtz as well. Um... My favorite actor, 
think my favorite actor is either Edward Norton or Christian Bale. I have to go with two. I'm sorry about that. I already mentioned my favorite movie. And if I could... I, the one question I ask everyone, and I, I got this uh, from my man Lewis Howe, if you could have one quote or word on a giant billboard and the whole world would see it, what would you have on that billboard? I think uh, I would have the word care. Just the word care. Because, look, I'm not trying to save the world, but I am trying to help people. And I'm trying to help people because so many people have helped me. And I think that's the way you got to live. Um, I firmly believe, I heard Inky Johnson say this in one of his speeches, and I'll never forget it. There was a man who was helping him that going above and beyond, and he was doing everything in his power to make sure that Inky could get out of the uh, rough area he grew up in and just have a better life. And Inky couldn't understand it. And the way I look at this is Mr. Fitzgerald growing up was doing everything possible to make sure that Mark Magna had a chance. Mr. Fitzgerald was the assistant principal at my high school, BMC Derby High School, and he was helping me. He helped me so much. I mean, he took me out to eat when there was nothing to eat. He took me out when my mother couldn't, um, or picked me up rather when my mother was busy. He opened up the fences so I could train at the track at night when no one was around. He opened up the weight room so I could train. He was helping me so much. And like Inky asked his coach, I asked Mr. Fitzgerald, why are you helping me? Why do you care so much? And I'll never forget what he said. He said, Mark, when you go out of your way to help someone else have a better life, sometimes that helps you get a better life. And in Inky Johnson's speech, Inky asked his coach, and the coach said, Inky, when you go out of your way to help someone have a better life, God makes sure you have a better life. And I firmly believe that. When you go out of your way to help someone else have a better life, that improves your life. So that's all I have for you today. I can't thank you enough for listening in. And stay tuned, man. I'm going to have some great guests on, some more you know, people in sports, business owners, trainers. I'm surrounded by an awesome team. I want to thank everyone at Anatomy at 1220. Uh, the team is incredible there. My business partners are incredible there. Randy and Chris, I want to thank uh, Muscle Tech. I want to thank Bodybuilding.com. I want to thank today's business, today's athletes, and uh, I want to thank my wife, Melanie, because she's always there to support me. And I'm going to throw a little shout out to Bailey as well, because he's pretty amazing. That's my pup. Have a great day, guys. And remember, dream big, never quit, and make the most of every second of every day. Spend your days contributing to the lives of others, right? Contributing something positive to the lives of others. Take care now.